listeners, welcome back to Last Film Standing, episode number 113, your conversation, a movie review, and news podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Jones, and joining me, as always, is Zdravko Rosic. Yes, that worked out better than I thought. And we are coming to you, recorded live, <laughs> March 4th, 2013, from Brooklyn, wait, New York. Wait, wait, wait. What happened to, to the introduction? Well, see, this is the thing. Listeners, to take you behind, you know, in inside baseball, Z decided that he wanted to have a proper sort of introduction, uh, you know, as, as other wait, podcasts wait, I didn't and such. Decided. Did. You started doing this like the first podcast we did, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden now at one thirteen, you break with the tradition. No, that we broke from tradition like four of the last four episodes. Pretty much as soon as we started, uh, I, I started revealing your entire name when you were no longer a mystery. The uh, the anecdotal start faded away. So there we go. Are you, are you demanding that the anecdotal no, start no, listen, return? You know, if you, you know, <laughs> I I, just, I was just you know caught up off the guard. Caught off the guard. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. And the end of an era. And on today's show, <laughs> we will be talking about recent releases, twenty one and over. Jack the Giant Slayer and Stoker. Yes, and we'll also be discussing this week's Bloods of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you just joining Last Film Standing for the very first time, to be a part of the show, you can tweet at and follow myself at Twitter at Lamar Diablo, L A M A R Diablo. You can follow Zed here at Last Z Standing. You can email us at feedback at lastfilmstanding.com. And then, of course, you can write on our Facebook fan page wall at facebook.com slash lastfilmstanding. And so with that, listeners, without further ado, let's go to the movies. So first up, you know, not 17 and over, but 21 and over. Uh, pulled in about 8.7 million. You sure it wasn't like 18 or 19 at all? Well, it depends on what country you're in. I think uh, Australia is 18R or something like that. And then, uh, what is it, 16 in Europe? Is that how they're, uh, they're already? Yeah, I mean, for, for actually, for I believe in Germany was for beer and wine, 16 and over. Actually, you can for drink before you can watch an R-rated or like adult material in Europe, right? Is that right? Or is that wrong? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Technically, like you can you can drink beer and wine in Germany before you can watch porn, I guess. Yeah. Priorities. Priorities. No, I'm not sure. I'm not sure actually if they have. Yeah, I think they have. That. It was thankfully absent. Um, you know, there's one or two moments that like might be a little bit like cringeworthy or kind of like you know hide your kids, hide your wife type of moment. Uh, but. Other than that, it was actually kind of played pretty straightforward. Uh, the humor was pretty well executed. There wasn't a whole lot of, um, you know, again, like just vulgar, just kind of like improv type stuff. It, it actually, it started off like these people are too much like characters and kind of ended up inside of, okay, like these probably are people that I might have known, you know, in high school and college that like if I were to connect again, uh, we would get into trouble uh, not this kind of trouble, but just, like, trouble in general. Um, the thing that I thought also worked really well for this movie is most of these movies tend to be structured around trying to outdo the last scene as far as humor or gross-out or sight gags, blah, 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 you know, insert kind of genre cliche here. And what was cool about this movie was, yeah, those things were there. They are a little bit... Uh, more subtle or sedated, but it was actually more about revealing what their friend Jeff Chang had been doing since they were gone. Like, initially, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, Jeff Chang was so smart, he was this and that, like, you know, he's going to do awesome, his father, blah, 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 but then as the story is progressing and you're going to these different, you know, inside of the sorority house, at this party, at this bar, at this party, at this, you know, kind of thing. You're learning more about Jeff Chang's experience in college, and it's not actually so rosy kind of thing. And it ends up being actually kind of a cool um, movie about close friends who keep secrets from each other. Um, It doesn't execute it in the way that, like, you know, that would work in a drama type, type, type of movie, but in a comedy, they actually handled it really, really well. 
um, where you just get these sort of knowledge bombs dropped on each other at, you know, times that felt really organic of, you know, one character having done this, one character having done that kind of thing, and, like, the other two having this huge reaction. It's like, oh, well, why didn't you ever say anything? Why didn't you whatever? It's like, oh, well, I saw you, you know, living your perfect life. I didn't want to, like, burden you with, like, my problems kind of thing. And I just thought that was, like, really, really cool and, like, an awesome way to sort of handle... Uh, you know, a genre that essentially is sort of tired. So that that aspect of it was really really cool. Um, so they they did bring some some you know innovation to it. Yeah. Of, like another layer to it that that kind of isn't normally. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's actually like a you know a, a nice a nice set of depth there. Um, as far as far as sort of cons go. Uh, Beyond that, you know, there wasn't really anything that, you know, you hadn't seen before in a movie, and it's kind of a double-edged sword, because it's like, yeah, most people are trying to do the, all right, here's your gross-out gag that you'll remember and be talking about for years to come. Um, For a movie that doesn't have that, you know, if that aspect of, you know, you having really close friends with secrets doesn't really resonate with you, then this movie beyond that has, you know, two or three... I would say genuine laughs. Um, the rest of it's, as I said, just it's always entertaining. It's never boring. It'll make you a little bit nostalgic for um, suburban college campuses with actual frat houses and such, and beer pong and all these sorts of, you know, drinking games and such. Uh, but beyond that, it's kind of it's sort of what my uh, review. Don't be nostalgic, Ben. We can make it happen. <laughs> it's it's sort of what I said about the movie Project X, um, you know, when people talk about movies that are sort of review-proof, uh, which I ran into a lot when I was talking to people about Die Hard 5, um, but, like, with Project X, it was sort of like, all right, if you ever thought that you would go to a party like this or hope that you would or like going to parties, you'll really enjoy this movie, but if you didn't, if you don't go to these movies and look down on these people and blah, 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 blah in real life, then you won't enjoy yourself in this movie. Uh, with this movie, it was kind of like, if you ever went to a college party, you know, cool, that's on the periphery, but I would say it resonates more with the, hey, you know, have, are there people in high school that you used to be really close with, um, but when you started to go through college, and maybe outside of college, you're not as close with, and then if you did happen to run into them and you're just talking, they just tell you huge, huge revelatory things. You know, I dropped out of college, or me and so-and-so uh, actually broke up a long time ago, but just like that kind of stuff where it's like, wow, I thought we were close. Like, I thought I would have been the first person you called. Uh, and I'm finding this out years and years and years after the fact sort of thing. So um, that's kind of cool. It's, it's actually cool. Uh, as far as I would, I would rate it would go, um, it's, a, you know, it's a hard three and a half out of five. I think it's definitely above average. But uh, as far as, um, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about lately is will you actually remember this? Uh, and I was laughing to myself because even as I was writing notes during the credits, I could not remember the two uh, white kids' names in the movie. They say Jeff Chang like every chance they get, and I could not remember their names. Uh, I remember the girl's name who's like kind of involved in the movie, like Casey, uh, and like even I think um, her boyfriend's name, which I think was like Brett or Scott, but I just could not remember the main characters' names. And I was just like, I don't know what that says about a movie, um, but I just thought that was interesting. Uh, that's that's kind of curious. So, so what, what did you say as far as like rating for that? Yeah, so three and a half out of five. Three and a half. Okay, yeah. So that's kind of just better than average. Huh? Yeah, and as I tweeted out, uh, it felt like matinee money well spent. Um, as far as actually paying full price or you know buying a movie, uh, you know, there's better stuff out there. Um, stream it. Yeah. That kind of thing. Okay. So not necessarily a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then, uh, our next film is Jack the Giant Slayer. Uh, and I believe this one took the crown for the weekend uh, with 27.2 million. Um, the story is about an ancient war between humans and a race of giants is reignited when Jack, a young farmhand fighting for a kingdom, and the love of a princess opens a gateway between two worlds. It was directed by Brian Singer, who directed uh, Valkyrie, uh, Superman Returns, which 
is nowhere to be seen and <laughs> X-Men 1 and 2 because every time they, they show like from the director of X-Men yeah. and, uh, and Superman Returns <laughs> got, yeah there's got to be a statute of limitations because you almost it's almost like they might as well be like oh we're from the director of the usual suspects when was that <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's starring Nicholas Holt uh, Stanley Tucci Ewan McGregor uh, it is written by Darren Lemke, who uh, wrote Shrek Forever After and uh, worked on Lost. Yeah, Lost, and a Dean Cain movie, ladies and gentlemen. A Dean Remember Cain. Dean Cain? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Where were we? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Landlords. So, yeah, I mean, as, as far as, like, Jack the Giant Slayer, yeah. um, you know, I, I can see that. I didn't really have much interest in seeing this film, uh, honestly, either. I know it was, like, delayed for about a year, right? I think, as far as I know, it was supposed to come out sometime last year, originally. That was the original release date, then they kind of waited, they released it now. You know... I, seems to be a good strategic move on their part because now Nicholas Holt kind of all of a sudden build up a name for himself with warm bodies and, yeah um and kind of there's that all of a sudden now like oh okay who's this guy Let, let's go see another movie with him um overall I would say this movie is just kind of it's okay you know it's entertaining enough, like, visually, it looks cool, you know, like, while you never feel like, oh, this looks so amazing, I can't tell it's, I can't believe it's CGI. Yeah, you can, it's easily CGI, but it doesn't bother you that much, you know, they kind of made them, made these giants look kind of, like, grungy and, like, all this stuff to kind of hide the whole, like, kind of CGI effect and, and, and it works reasonably well it, it doesn't dis, dis, distract you from the story um, and um, you know the action is okay you know uh, my issues with the film are not necessarily that kind of like it, it's it's a simple popcorn entertainment film like if you just kind of looking for something that kind of has um, has kind of that bigger look, you know, almost like the summer blockbuster look without, you know, much thinking, without, like, really kind of trying to dissect it too much. Um, you know, it's it's an okay movie. Um, you know, overall in the rating, I would probably give it, like, from my taste, two and a half, maybe three, but, like, you know, it, it really depends. Um, but my issues with the film are um, on the technical side I, I have once again the issue of the inconsistency and, and I'm noticing this more and more uh, in stuff that I'm watching uh, and it's that inconsistency in this case is the inconsistency of uh, the size of the giant um, and it's just kind of bothersome it's just like lazy work to say to, to have this kind of up and down go up and down like all the time and one shot you can kind of tell dude this size and then all of a sudden in the next shot it feels like they're much smaller than that and it's just annoying like there's a moment where uh where there's this whole play with a crown that kind of helps control the giants blah 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 that's kind of explained in the beginning sequence um and you know when, at some point, a giant gets a hold of it and he puts it on two fingers. However, in previous like scenes, it would really indicate that something that would fit on the size of a human would maybe barely fit on their pinky finger size-wise. Yeah. So it just really kind of like, and that's just one of those small examples where where I was kind of like, oh, not again. It's just like it's another example of like poor. Kind of was this the same size. giant or just like uh, part of their their like 
flock race clan thing. Yeah, no, it, it, it's not not one of those like oh, one is bigger, one is smaller, and and there's that difference. No, it's just the same first, same giant can seem in one scene this big and another this big. It just feels like inconsistent, um, and it's you know the same issue that I had with uh, with um, with warm bodies, where it's just kind of it feels like lazy yeah. or just kind of like, oh, well, you know, we would kind of really need them to be this big for this sequence. You know, it doesn't work for me. It really kind of takes me out of the experience. Um, on the other side uh, with the story, uh, there's nothing per se wrong with the story. It's just so simple and basic and plain and, gray and unassuming and it just really doesn't stand out in any way shape or form it's just bland like it's you forget it like a minute later um but there was a moment that kind of made me think that they could have gone a little deeper with this story there was actually a point in in the film where i felt like they could have gone in one direction that would have added so much depth the story of the film but not have taken away from sort of the 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 big kind of spectacle and like all that and could have just been all of a sudden like when you watch it and it's just that unexpected kind of turn of events where you're kind of like oh you know this would have it would have been like this would have been a better story than than this film demanded yeah um and it would have been a pleasant surprise but I kind of was like doubtful that they were gonna go in that direction. They, uh, it's just the door was open, open, and they just didn't walk <laughs> through it. And I don't know whether that was just that they didn't notice uh, or not. It's just kind of like in the end, basically, it's kind of humans versus uh, giants, and humans are good and giants are bad, and that's it. that's just kind of like the end of the story. And I thought they would, they could have like gone a little sort of why are these giants bad like let, let me let me explore like what pushes them in this direction let's let's add a little bit of backstory to this whole conflict versus just giants come from the heavens and they're bad and they want to destroy all the humans and that's you know <laughs> um gotcha so so outside of that you know it's one of those movies that was not as terrible as I expected it to be, which is okay, um, but was not as good as it could have been. Um, I think, you know, with the actors that they had at their disposal, um, they really could have played with it and they could have added more depth to it. Cause they, you know, they had some fantastic actors there, you know. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Holt does a really solid job uh, playing this character. Um, and the girl, and I can't remember her name, and I feel really bad about it right now, uh, that plays the main character. She does a fantastic job. She really does. And, and you know, you have somebody like Stanley Tucci in there, and Ewan McGregor, and, uh, you know, just a number of, of sort of big names that, that kind of add depth and, and can layer the, their characters much deeper than they were required to story so um, so overall I think it was a little bit more of a failure um, of the writing um, or just kind of storytelling um, but yeah you know just one of those like middle of the road unassuming movies it's not terrible terrible but it's just kind of it's disappointing because as you say, like it, it's almost good. Like it could have gone in a good direction. Yeah. And all of a sudden, been like that movie that's like, you know what, Jack the Giant Slayer was actually really good. You know, it kind of like worked as a metaphor for the world, for like you know conflicts that we are in now, and like all this stuff. And they really had that kind of there, and they just were like, eh, let's just make a fluff, uh, and, and that's unfortunate. Gotcha. Uh, so overall, as I said, like about two and a half stars, I think would probably be maybe kind of inching towards three, but um, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, to that regard, 
that is and now cool. we come to a movie that we both have actually seen and can have a discussion about it <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the, uh, the third film that we'll be speaking about this evening, uh, is Stoker, uh, pulled in a hundred and sixty thousand dollars, uh, but it was on a limited release of seven screens, um, the basic plot synopsis, after India's father dies, her uncle Charlie, who she never knew existed, comes to live with her and her unstable mother. She comes to suspect this mysterious, charming man has ulterior motives and becomes increasingly infatuated with him. Uh, it is directed by Chan Wook Park, who's responsible for, uh, what is it called? The, uh, the Revenge Trilogy, um, basically, but yes. it, uh, it's yes, Old uh, Boy, Lady Vengeance, and Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Um, and then stars Mia. Fantastic, Was- all fantastic movies. Highly recommend all three of those. Yeah, old boy. Um, I would say. Being replaced would, by Spike Lee now. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Josh Brolin. Um, it it uh, yeah. it's it's old boy is one of those movies that will really kind of change your entire perception of revenge movies. Um, old boy is probably single handedly one of the reasons why I even seek out. Um, vengeance upon the booze who have wronged you (laughs) (laughs) it teaches that patience is the best vengeance Uh, yeah and then um, stars Mia Wasikowska uh, Nicole Kidman and Matthew Good Um, Stoker's kind of an interesting movie because I I like that cautious uh, like approach to it it's kind of an interesting because, because by the end of this, I let, let me let me just yeah. just say, uh, am I right to assume that it's missing one or the other story or the plot? You are going to be completely surprised by what I rate this movie. Oh, all right, all right. Um, let's, let's, let's go through it. This movie, uh, the thing that's the thing that's funny about this movie is I I I've seen several trailers, could not really figure out what this movie was supposed to be about. Um, and, uh, Z is definitely more of a Mia Wasikowska fan than I am. Um, uh, I really only know her from, uh, what was the, uh, I might even actually, I think I'm actually getting her confused with, uh, C.R.C. Ronan, not because of Hannah, but because of Jane Eyre, which I think Mia Wasikowska was in that though, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. You know, just like Nicole Kidman. She was really good in that. She though. was good in that. I I was much more of a fan of uh you know Fastbender in that, but yeah, but I mean she was, she was kind of like pulled over by Fastbender, sort of like power wise. But but it was it was interesting to see that she actually kind of more or less stood toe to toe with him as as like you know the the energy and everything. Yeah. Um, Nicole Kidman, I've sort of been indifferent to for a long time. There's really nothing against her. It's just sort of been like, you know, she's she's on that long list of act like good actresses in uh, you know, okay movies. Matthew Good, I don't really know his career outside of being Ozzy Mandy's uh in Watchmen, which uh, I was reading an article where apparently he got... I forgot about that. Yeah, I knew he looked wow. really familiar and I couldn't like place him until I read that article and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Um where apparently he got a lot, a lot of flack from fanboys uh, about why he in particular was cast, whereas everyone else was inspired, but he kind of got the what-are-you-thinking aspect of that. Um, And then the thing that was even funnier, I guess, was as I was riding the train to go watch this movie, um, this podcast I listened to uh, based in the UK about movies and games and such, they were basically like, oh, yeah, what's that movie about? And the guy goes, um... There's a stepfather and a house, I think. And then there's like 10 seconds of silence and they all burst out laughing. And there's like, I don't know what it's about. It just looks interesting. Um, So I'm sitting to this movie and it really wasn't until I would say kind of the credits roll uh, with the song that I actually downloaded during the credits um, that I think that this movie... I will, I will say, initiating a, a genre, or not a genre, initiating a uh, sort of a tradition here for us, I would say, um, this will be one of my best picture picks for 2014. Um, 
this movie... Why you know, I am surprised. Depending on how you to take... Degree. Yeah, depending on how you sort of take the sum of the movie... Um, which I, I can't really get into too much details, so we'll still, uh, spoil it. I think the character arc of uh, Mia Wasikowska is really, really awesome. Um, harkens back to a couple of other kind of solid movies uh, that I've seen and kind of what it implies could happen for her after the credits roll. Uh, Performance-wise, I thought everyone was just really, really great. Uh, most movies that I've seen like this that try to perpetuate a... Uh, you know, my character is thinking. It just kind of comes off as blank or sort of poorly written. Um, whereas this kind of came off as all of these characters were actually looking at each other, contemplating all of these sort of unsaid things. Um, and a lot of that is just the way that the tone of the movie is kind of set up, uh, sort of just the basic things that are kind of happening in and around these characters. Um, it actually reminded me a lot of, uh, for those of you, uh, I'm not the most literary person in the world, but for those of you who are, uh, Albert Camus' Stranger is actually one of my favorite books. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't know, it's just about a guy who is very, um, I guess you could argue, indifferent to a lot of things, but it's not because he has strong opinions. It's just a genuine indifference. Um, and a college professor of mine, she was like, you know what, I think this book you'll really like this book, and I read it. And I'm, that's one of the few books I've actually reread three or four times kind of over the years. Uh, but I just thought this movie kind of captured certain aspects of people realizing who they are in relationship to other people and kind of knowing the difference kind of thing, um, which I thought was really cool. Uh, on the technical side, cinematography was something that I noticed on my phone, of all places. Uh, one of the podcasts I subscribe to, there's a cinematography, um, not a cinematography, but they just show clips of certain movies and certain moves and things that they were doing on like on my cell phone. I was kind of really uh, scrubbing back and kind of being like, oh, that was awesome, I'll have to steal that, or that was really cool. Uh, again, like technical stuff, editing... Uh, all that stuff really solid. The script, which I forgot to mention, that kind of really sort of came from left field to me. Uh, Wentworth Miller wrote the script. Uh, this is the first feature-length screenplay that he's had um, produced uh, out of two to three screenplays. Um, Wentworth Miller uh, is Michael Schofield, the star of Prison Break for four years. Um, that actor, uh, I think, has kind of been writing um, for a while now, uh, wrote the script, and that was, I was like, that Wentworth Miller when the credits rolled up? I was like, huh, this will be interesting. Um, so I'm really kind of surprised that this was uh, something from his his wheelhouse. Um, yeah, I mean, people can surprise you. That, that's the cool thing to yeah. see sometimes, uh, you know, sort of, we equate the actors sometimes, especially if we've seen them in one yeah. uh, kind of role. Um, you almost kind of have that sense of equating them with that role, but then just kind of like yeah. come out of that other ability instead of so surprising. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, really, I was kind of, I went through sort of a range of when the movie first started, I was like, oh, you know, this will be okay, to, okay, it's kind of interesting, to... I was content with it just being a really solid movie, and then the way, um, as it's just kind of touched upon earlier, that it bookends from opening, uh, you know, VO to ending VO to opening images versus closing images, uh, I ended up giving this movie uh, 2013's first five out of five. Awesome. I I have to say I am a bit surprised. I actually expected you to appreciate sort of the technical side of it. I wasn't sure if you'd uh, be um, if you'd like the story or not because yeah. often I know sort of the the quieter films um, do not always appeal to you. So so like I wasn't sure if that was going to be your uh, <laughs> if, if you were going to like it or not. Uh, as for myself. Um, yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree fully with you. I think this is this film is just stunning. 
Yeah. I mean, stunningly beautiful. I, you know, like, I was just blown away by the shots, you know, and it's just this amazing sense of composition that he has, and he, like, sets up these beautiful uh, shots, uh, you know, even, like, something that you can kind of find on the internet, like, the shot of her in bed with, like, shoots kind of around her, and then framed in by, by the headboard, and it's just, I mean... It really like I, you know, the tweet that I had after the the after I saw the film was basically it reminded me of a dark poem that was filmed by Alfred Hitchcock. I could see that. Yeah, and that was my that was in my head. Like the the, the, yeah. the film and the flow of it feels almost like poetic, and then just like the the shots and everything feels like it was you know there's definitely a kind of a strong. Uh, influenced by Hitchcock through sort of like the suspense moments and like the slow developing suspense. It just never kind of hits you over the head. It's just kind of like yeah. slowly and, 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 and kind of draws these moments out so that you can kind of just watch as things happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like on the technical side, it's just stunningly beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful films I've seen in a, in a while now. Um, you know, so like on that end, it definitely like as far as like cinematography, you know, that should definitely be a shoe in for like uh, yeah. Oscar. Um, on the story side, I really, really enjoyed it too. Um, I loved how they really told this this almost like a massive story, um, yeah. without really explicitly hitting every detail and it's, it's kind of almost refreshing to see something like that because for the most part in films uh certainly in the west where kind of really everything is explained you know yeah. if there is a point of, of of thing there's never kind of like we'll let you figure this out on your own but it's just kind of like okay we'll feed you this we'll feed you this we'll feed you yeah um and and they kind of leave a lot of it out. Sort of her relationship with her father, like, has a very strong meaning on what's kind of going on. And they hint at it, but they never kind of explicitly tell you, well, this is what was happening. This is why this was happening. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like it's really cool. Yeah. Like it's almost like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it makes me think of Dexter. Yeah, I was just about to times. say that. Yeah, and and yeah. and it has that kind of like sense of like Dexter not quite. Yeah, like Dexter kind of like not quite su- successful kind of thing. Um, and uh, so so it's it's just the film is really stunning. It, it's it's amazingly well kind of put together, uh, really well filmed, um, and and. And it's really like I'm. I'm very, very happy to see uh, Chandler Park um, come into sort of the Western cinema, and hopefully, you know, you know this film will be successful enough for him to make more. Um, you know, even though I just don't think it's going to be that kind of runaway success or anything. I think it's just because it's 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 hard to explain what you're watching or what you're actually seeing, because even in the marketing. I mean, you get that, like, Nicole Kidman speech, which is awesome, about, like, you know, why we have kids, and they... It oh, makes, yeah, it, that, it, that moment is really cool. Yeah. Like, she she pulls that off, like, just yeah. really well. That's that's where you kind of see her acting muscle at this play, where you're kind of like, wow, this woman is really awesome. Yeah. Well, she was, she was extremely well cast, because she comes off as this, like outsider in this family where it's just like yeah like i i know you're my mother but you're my mother by like name more so than you are like by birthright kind of thing like just this whole vibe that like mia wasikowski gives her and just like what's implied about the relationship between her and her father um and then like again with like the uncle and everything um and even just like how dark some of the sort of narrative stuff went like i think sort of the the things that were interesting about this, which was really well crafted, I don't know, you know, probably just you know, 
script and also director is like allowing us to fill in these gaps but like not they weren't gaps that were questions they was just kind of like okay like you know we're gonna show you enough or give you enough to like tell you lead you down this path just enough yeah and you can kind of decide what actually happens yeah it keeps your brain active just enough uh so that you're not kind of sitting there and, and staring at a screen, you know, and yeah. just kind of keeps you engaged enough um, to to have to think along with the film, yeah. you know, and, and kind of work you know, work just enough to, to keep you kind of connected to it and I, I think that's really wonderful because just you know, as we talked about as, as I just kind of discussed in Jack Giant Slayer that film really is just pure fluff. Yeah. Like the story is just so simplistic and so kind of basic and just kind of like has absolutely no surprises, turns, no nothing, you know, it never leads in question or in doubt how this is going to develop. So it's kind of, you know, you just go, you kind of watch basically stuff happening on the screen and then you go home and that's it. That's yeah. all you take away from yeah. that. But from a film like Stoker, you come to it, you watch this kind of amazingly beautiful sort of cinematography and editing and sort of, uh, you know, like this haunting music and all the, these pieces put together from that side. And then just kind of the story really kind of melds it all together and really guides you through. through. So as I said, you know, it feels almost like poem, like a well-written kind of dialogue. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, so this is so far our, uh, our best film of the year. Yeah, and then we'll, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain off the air the uh, some of the the spoiler ish stuff about uh, yeah, what what I what I, I what I took uh, away from the ending and why I kind of realized why I really liked it. Um, maybe maybe we'll tack on some of the spoiler stuff uh, after the end of the podcast so people who are who have maybe seen the film can kind of follow <laughs> along with, with some of our discussions. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. So yes, still good. So yeah, you said five yeah. stars. I would I would say probably yeah four and a half to five stars on this for myself too. It's it's right up there. Cool. So out of the two films that you've seen, twenty one and over and uh, Stoker, uh, in case people just kind of fast forward as well, the talk that we had. Um, <laughs> which one is the last film standing, standing, standing? Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, if you, 21 and over, uh, if you are a person who likes nostalgia and are wondering whatever happened to those kids from high school, and Facebook stalking them just doesn't seem to be doing it. Um, 21 and over, an entertaining matinee or streaming choice, as I said, uh, three and a half out of five. But if you could only watch one movie this week, uh, definitely check out Stoker. If it is in a theater near you, odds are it's probably going to expand. But, you know, expansion usually means still uh, L.A. and New York, uh, with the exception of maybe, like, Atlanta, possibly Chicago, those kind of places. Um, but keep this one in your mind. Um, I would actually have to go back and do research that I probably won't do, because uh, I'm sure someone has done it before me, um, about what the earliest movie that has been released in a year that has been nominated for Oscar. Because there's actually, quote-unquote, Oscar releasing season, which is the fall. That's when you release your movies, so that your Academy people kind of say oh, I remember this coming out, blah, blah, blah. It really wasn't until the, oh, hey, maybe we made a mistake with the Dark Knight precedent and that they started extending it until up to a maximum of 10 films that they started to go back more towards summer movies. Um, as far as best picture goes, technical stuff is always in most other categories um, with the exception of, uh, actually, I would say behind the camera categories, I think, are year, year round. Uh, but... Act. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're also kind of, uh, those are also the categories that are voted on by people in their field. So yeah, like, true. 
It's very true. So I hope Stoker uh, stays around. I don't think it will, uh, just mainly based on distribution kind of thing. But um, as I said, this this would be in my first slot for uh, best picture for next year. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a as you said it's it's kind of a tough sell for a film. Um, also, people tend not to watch films that. Or, or in general, films that, that uh, kind of challenge people's thinking did not make the money. And that's yeah. just an unfortunate fact. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, from these two films, it's just it's an easy decision to do Stoker. It's a very good film. Uh, really, really good film. You should go see that if you have a chance. Uh, Jack the Giant Slayer, you know, it's just kind of like one of those on-screen spectacles. It's not even that spectacular. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, you know, you have to give it to, to them. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty cool that we, at this point, we can make, you know, this film with, like, these giants and, like, all this stuff happening um, and make it look really good, you know, for the most part. Um, and that's kind of a... a a certain kind of technological achievement that we have uh, that we have reached, but this is by far not like the best thing that is visually out there, um, story-wise, by not by a long shot. So it's kind of like a film. As I said, I, I call it fluff, and that that's all it is. Um, Stoker is an actually actually what I would call a film. You know, yeah. It's really, really. Um, great, great uh, achievement uh, as far as like no special effects or like, you know, nothing like big or anything like that, but just not beautifully shot. Yeah. Made with love in a way almost. Um, but yeah, that's uh, by far my uh, last looks that's mm-hmm. highly recommended. There we go. Which brings us to plugs of the week uh in the last seven days has there been anything worth mentioning in uh from the interwebs from any other uh source that you've consumed this past week uh yes yes there's there's a couple of uh interesting things that i've seen um uh, you're going to talk about a couple of them, so I'm not going to name those two. But um, but what I uh, what I would sort of recommend to people um, if you uh, if you own a PlayStation Three, uh, highly recommend uh, for you to uh, go on to the PlayStation Store and purchase a game called Journey and play it. Uh, whether you're a gamer or a non-gamer, uh, I think that works. Uh, you should not be afraid to to uh, play this game, even if you're a complete non-gamer. This is uh, uh, it's something different. It's almost more like an experience than it is a game. Uh, it's really wonderful. It won uh, IGN's Game of the Year uh, just because it's so different. It's not very long, maybe like two, two and a half hours, depending on how much exploration you do. Like if you just kind of wander around, it's kind of like almost aimlessly, it can last longer, but if you kind of like, you know, latch on a few things and then kind of like go from there. Um, for, for me, as someone who is semi-experienced gamer, um, it took me about to maybe two and a half hours to play through it. Um, and I was just, after I had finished it, I just kind of like stood there or sat there and was thinking, now I understand why everyone talks about it. And I was like, and it almost saddens me that for all those people who are not gamers, who just kind of have this aversion to playing video games, uh, are gonna miss out on this really cool experience um it's just really an interesting uh, game uh, that that i would highly recommend it's i think it's like ten dollars or so right now uh so it's not a big investment and it's a really quick download it's a 
fairly small file of the game, uh, so it doesn't take very long to run. Um, I think it's definitely worth it. Um, yeah, uh, so that's one thing. The other thing is um, House of Cards. I finally finished the first <laughs> season of House of Cards, and um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it really is a cool show, and um, you know, you really kind of feel the weight of actions that happen in that show, and I think it's because of the way it's set up. Um, set up as we have some kind of police or right here. Um, it's really kind of set up um, in a way that um, that you that it feels like it's part of our world. Um, it doesn't feel like this kind of like fantasy land so like when, when shit happens that you kind of feel disconnected from it. It's kind of like oh yeah this kind of pretend universe. It really kind of gives, at least for me, it made me feel like like this is our world. This is the world we live in. We're watching these people and these people do these actions and then at times they do these like actions where you're kind of like, man, I can this just happened. And yeah. it really sticks with you when they do certain things. It really does. It just kind of has a weight to it, um, so it, it's it's a really cool show. I would highly recommend it. And it's on Netflix. Um, hats off to them making a really awesome original show that deserves all the praise it gets. Yes. Uh, so yeah, just a couple of rumors for myself, um, then a couple of trailers. Uh, first rumor being that test screenings of, um, Man of Steel, which apparently is complete, um, is apparently changing the game at Warner Brothers. Uh, I guess one person said, if you can imagine a Christopher Nolan script with Zack Snyder action, he's like, they've somehow managed to pull it off kind of thing, um. Really? So, that yeah. sounded really. That sounds yeah. pretty damn good to me. Yeah, so it sounds like a really uh, like this will be the, hopefully, the Man of Steel, not that we uh, want, but the one that we deserve. <laughs> um, second Man rumor, yeah. <laughs> second rumor, um, which uh, the article that I read was basically just like this is probably false, but we'll clearly send uh, fanboys into a tizzy. Um, Warner Brothers, because of Man of Steel, has basically uh, reached out to Christopher Nolan um, and David Goyer to basically produce um, all of DC property stuff, but not the way that Kevin Feige, uh, who basically manages day-to-day what's happening. The idea would be that, okay, we want to do an X movie, just see what Christopher Nolan and David Goyer come up with, and then they kind of give it to someone like Zack Snyder or someone else to basically turn it into their own thing, but keeping the universe consistent. Um, could be cool. Uh, again, the kind of the biggest feat that DC is going to have to do is figure out how to tonally uh, distinguish themselves from Avengers, not so much because of the comics, but because... Uh, for people who have no idea that these things aren't in the same universe and such, um, that they're different brands, blah, 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 uh, so that DC doesn't come off immediately to them as being a carbon copy of the Avengers. Well, I mean, they, they could kind of go with this darker, more melodramatic tone for, yeah. for their films versus kind of like this uh, much lighter kind of tone that, that the Avengers have taken. Yeah. Even though Joss Whedon did say that the, the second Avengers where he, where he basically said that uh, if you can't go bigger, yeah. you got to go more kind of like heavier as far as like tone and stuff. So, yeah. so he was saying that the second one is going to be a lot. Yeah. And so also alongside those lines, they were saying that um, they want to, they're now entertaining the idea uh, of bringing Christian Bale back to be Batman, but... This would not be the fabled uh, Justice League movie um, that people are kind of waiting for. It would be a revisiting of uh, 
The World's Finest, um, which was basically a Batman-Superman team-up movie, um, which was supposed to happen back in, I think, the early 2000s with Wolfgang Peterson. Um, but instead, he made the movie Troy when it finally fell apart. Um, could be interesting. I would actually like to see Henry Cavill and uh, Christian Bale on screen together. But as the article highlighted... They were like, this would basically be Christian, or this would basically be Christopher Nolan undermining the entire point of how he concluded this trilogy, um, and they were just like, they would really have to sell script-wise why, you know, Batman would come back. What happens to Catwoman? What happens to uh, John Blake's character, et cetera, et cetera, all that stuff. So. It's interesting. It's one of those things to uh, to mull around in your head. Who knows what they'll actually go down with? But um, I just thought it was kind of a cool, cool article the guy wrote. Um, and then uh, as far as and also they would have to explain why Superman was a douchebag and didn't help out when uh, when Gotham uh, 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 City was under siege for six months. He's probably in prison or uh, on his boat. I'm on a boat. Yep. Going, oh, going across the world. Um, and then uh, two trailers uh, disconnected. And I meant to look up um, uh, the movie that it reminded me of, which I want to say is called Truth. I don't think that's correct, but it was a Clive Owen movie that Z and I saw last year. Um, that was called Safe? No, it's a one-word title, though. Um <laughs> it's a what? It's, it's definitely a one-word title. Yeah, I but, just said safe. No, that's like the... Um, oh, yeah. Jason no, no, Statham movie. That's the other. Yeah. Uh, but it's something like that because yeah. it's... Uh, it's um, yeah, it's Clive Owen, but it was directed by um, former Friends alumni. Oh, uh, Schwimmer, that's right. That's right, yeah, that's right, that's right. Schwimmer. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it's it's a cool movie just because it just seems like it deals with trust. a lot of... Yeah, trust. There you go. I had uh, two letters off. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a... It's a cool... Um, Disconnected seems like a cool movie because it seems to deal with a lot of the issues that we have now with interactions with people, uh, whether it's identity theft, whether it's online dating, whether it's kind of the, uh, the chat room... Um, adult theme chat room sort of thing. It, it, it seems really cool uh, the, how they're going to tie all these vignettes together. It almost seems like a 21st century version of Crash to a certain extent. I was just going to say, it's like yeah. a cyber version of Cyber Crash. version of Crash, yeah. Um, the thing that I also really liked about it that I completely forgotten that I had had this thought before was that Jason Bateman seems like the type of person that could probably, if, if, if he connected the right dots could pull off what Steve Carell does in most of his movies where he pulls off a dramatic role even though he tends to play more comedic things because just from the trailer alone I was like you know what like I buy Jason Bateman as this like you know as more of a serious person and then I completely forgot that he was the father in Juno um where he also sort of played not nearly as dark as Disconnected seems to um, a dark would be the wrong word, but this was more serious as he plays in Disconnect, Disconnected. Juno, he was also not his kind of, you know, identity oh, theft, uh, the movie with him and Ryan Reynolds, the change-up, like, that kind yeah. of vibe to him. Um, so it's cool. I, I, I actually hope that he does well in this and then he has his, you know, Dan in real life um, kind of Steve Carell-making role. Um, and then lastly, uh, there's more of a teaser trailer, which seems kind of like the movie adaptation of Anonymous, um, which is kind of cool, too. Uh, that was just called The East, and it basically was just like, hey, one percenters, you do the, do this to us, we will do this to you. Uh, a lot of fast clips, et cetera, et cetera, had... Um, it's basically sort of the, the, the idea of a group who uh, kind of attacks corporations. And- yeah. Uh, people who have made themselves rich off the sort of yeah with and, uh, uh, with Ellen Page who has uh, sold her aging genes to the devil where she will be perpetually 20 something until she turns 60 probably um, <laughs> and then uh, what else was in there yeah Stellan Skarsgård I think is his name it's a Skarsgård but I can't I don't, it's the guy from True Blood 
uh, yes, listeners. Yes. Um, uh, he's a Skarsgård, but I don't remember what his no, first not name. Peter. Um, I want to say it's like Stellan or like not Stephen, no. but there's like a kind of a, a name, a European name or something. Um, a European name. <laughs> <laughs> it is a European name. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it looks cool. Just you know, it, I was glad to actually finally see some trailers that weren't just typical. It's Alexander. Alexander. Alexander's, uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. So exactly, Stellan, something like that. <laughs> um, you know, I was glad to you know just finally see some Nike trailers by watching Stoker because uh, we kind of keep seeing the same ones over and over again. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much it for uh, plugs of the week. Check out those articles about the rumors of Man of Steel, Christopher Nolan, um, and David Goyer possibly producing uh, those trailers. Disconnected the East, and then as Z was saying. Uh, gamers check out journey which is a downloadable game definitely for psn i'm reasonably sure it's also on um, xbox live uh and then house of cards which has been streaming all over the place uh which is funny to me on that note only because netflix finally is potentially denying a device the ability to stream to it uh which is blackberry blackberry 10 may not get netflix which is kind of like it's i don't know it's like why not? I, I don't see. I can't see why they would do that. Yeah. I mean, that was the that was the headline of the article I saw. Their goal was to to be on as many devices yeah. as possible. Yeah. They would just like put themselves in everything. Like I can't imagine it being Netflix play, paying BlackBerry. It seems like BlackBerry would pay Netflix, so it seems odd that there would be any friction at all. But I don't know. We'll see. I don't. I don't think Netflix was getting paid. For their apps from anyone. No, I think I. Yeah, I think you don't think there's like a licensing thing to be like, oh, we want you on our device, so we'll pay you whatever licensing permission. I don't, I don't or think so. I, I don't think so. I think it was just like Netflix is like, you know what? We just want yeah. to give you as many possibilities so that you have as few excuses as possible to say, well, let me get a subscription. Yeah, I think they were just kind of like. Here's an app for Netflix for you and for yeah. you and for you. It was like, you know, one of those apps that was like on Windows Phone from day one, which yeah. is kind of crazy because, like, you know. But, uh, yeah. So. Listeners, if you actually have a BlackBerry uh, that you've bought recently, definitely um, tweet at us. Let us know. I don't know if those are still up, uh, if those are out yet. No, yeah, not the BlackBerry but, 10, but the uh, just Blackberries in general. Um, just, I'd, be, I'd be curious to know why someone would still be hanging on to one now that um, most companies, uh, as far as I can tell, have allowed um, a bring-your-own-device thing or uh, most people... Who I, feel, I feel like most BlackBerry people went the Droid route versus iPhones and such, but there's so many choices out there. Um, having a BlackBerry well, I, at this point seems like very there's, deliberate. There's still a lot of Blackberries as far as like companies because of the security factor mm-hmm. for it. Um, and, and there's also a lot of sort of like people will have two phones, but from what I've yeah. read actually from sort of some of the tech sites that I follow is that they didn't go the Android route. Um, people who are dropping Blackberries or like companies that allow you to bring your own device uh, are kind of mostly seeing influx of iPhones, but like from, from their preferences really uh, if they're switching away to something, uh, apparently, like the IT departments prefer to switch, just either stay with BlackBerry or switch to Windows because of like, or the Windows Phone 8 because of the compatibility. It's just easier for them to work with it. Yeah. Know, versus bringing something else into the phone. Uh, it's just easier to integrate them into the systems. There you go. Listeners, tell your friends that they can find Last Film Standing on iTunes via the web and iTunes itself, as well as Stitcher.com via their website or various mobile apps where you can subscribe, rate, and review us. And then once again, you can follow myself on Twitter at Lamar Diablo. It's L-A-M-A-R Diablo, one word. You can follow Zed on Twitter at Last Z Standing. And of course, you can contact us the new old-fashioned way at feedback at lastfilmstanding.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening, and don't forget to, no thank you.
Tell your friends. 